and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's new novel, White Crows, will be coming out this year. And Rob has been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Our guest today is Darlis. Is it Mays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. She's an Akashic Records instructor and consultant who facilitates group Akashic Record readings for groups such as the Co-Creators Convergence Retreat, as well as spiritual retreats around the world. She's also a dowser and transformational spiritual coach. Welcome, Darlis, and sorry Welcome, for all the confusion at the beginning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, it's great to be here. Okay, my question is simple. What are the Akashic Records? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty a broad question, right? right. <laughs> so the Akashic Records is all information of all times. So when we are born, the ether starts gathering an, a record of our information, of our life stream. And so when, when I teach the Akashic Records to students, I always say it's all information of all time, and it's located in three different arenas. It's, it's uh, main, the main event, so to speak, the main uh, body of records would be held in the ether, where all information of all time is held in sacred um, community. Um, the Akashic Records is also our, our personal Akashic Records is stored in our DNA. So every recording of every live stream is recorded in your DNA and you have access to that information, which is very, very powerful. And there's also an etheric cave where each time you embody, there's a geode or a crystal located in that cave. And when you re-embody, that lights up you have access to the recording of any place you've ever touched the planet in past lifetimes. And it starts recording where you are in this lifetime, which is what I call deja vu. Huh? Okay. This is what we were talking about last night, Rob, with Philip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About about deja okay. So how did, ahead, how did you learn? Yeah. How did you learn to open and, and yeah. read the records? Yeah. Um, from a wonderful, wonderful teacher in Miami, Laura Lynn Baum. But what happened in, in the very beginning is a friend invited me to lunch. And when I got there, she was beaming. And I said, Sharon, are you pregnant? <laughs> I've never seen you look. And she was like, her son was 17 at the time. She said, oh, my goodness, please don't say that. But anyhow, um, she said, I had just come for, from a weekend of learning the Akashic Records. Uh, and at the time, I didn't even know what that meant. When she explained it to me, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I just never heard of that terminology. But immediately, I mean, I was tingly all over. I felt, oh, my goodness, this is something I need to know. This is something for me. And we were getting ready to take a three-week trip together uh, to the Oregon woods, to Sundance, actually. And I said, oh, my goodness, I should find a class so that I could learn and we could practice that whole three weeks together. Mm-hmm. So luckily I found a class that week, that next weekend, we only had uh. one weekend before I left, before we left. And um, there was a class in Loxahatchee, which is 20 minutes from me. And I'm like, look at this. So her husband and I went to that class. I talked her husband into it because he was going on the trip too. Um, <laughs> 
he was a dancer in the Sundance that year and we were going to support him. So anyhow, I went to that in order to take that first class, you needed to have an Akashic record because the teacher really wanted you to fill the energy of the Akashic records before you took the class. And so I, but she didn't have time to give me a reading. I contacted the woman that had taught Sharon in Tampa. We did a reading over the phone. And, and some of my first questions, was this for me? Was this for me to learn? And um, the teacher just blew me away. She, she said, she was silent for a long time. And then she said, the records are saying that you're already signed up for class. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I'm like, okay, now I'm really hooked. <laughs> she knows me not, she doesn't know. She, we've never spoken before. She didn't know I was taking that class. Hmm. And, um, and that was it. And that first class I was hooked and I just wanted to keep learning more and more. And, uh, so Sharon and I found a teacher in Miami that taught advanced and we, and she ended up teaching us to become teachers. So that was uh, a year long program. And, um, and I've been hooked. I mean, from day one, I was hooked and it's just made such an incredible impact on my life that I want everyone to have access to this. Did you um, do you have to ask permission before you can open somebody's records? Absolutely. Absolutely. There there are no peepers out there. (laughs) No, no. no. And in fact, in order to access to gain entry into the Akashic records, you need to. um, and, And this is how I was taught. And this is how I still teach is that you need to have a sacred prayer. They know your heart. You can't be used for ill gain. Um, you can't go in there to, um, like if people wanted information on a war or Uh they're they're not going to gain entry. Um, this is about light and love and spirit. Um, it's to advance you on a soul level to help you in this lifetime, to help you maybe in future lifetimes on your journey. Well, do you, do you regularly access your own records? I do. I do. do. What do you learn? Um, well, I'm going to tell you what I do typically now is I just like being in the energy of the record. So if I'm going to be home for a few hours, um, I'll just open the records and be in the energy, not necessarily asking a bunch of questions. And and I can get the answers like, OK, so it can be something as big as my next step in my profession. Uh which the records have helped me many, many times. Is this my next correct step? Am I headed in the right direction? Because I want to do what my soul is calling for, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as this. One time um, I'm I'm in a different business at the time and my business partner picked me up and we we had a gig in Miami. So we're on our way down there. Well, my water stopped working in my house. It had been like... A less pressure the day before, but when I get up in the morning, there's no water coming out and I have to get ready to go to Miami. So in the car, I knew he was driving. I could access my own records and say, hey, what do I need to do here? I had called, I had called a friend who owned apartment buildings and she said, oh, you're going to have to call leak finders, but they're so expensive. Before you call them, call your home insurance and see if they'll pay for leak finders. I'm like, what? So like I'm making these steps and and it was covered by my home insurance. But the bad news is, is my deductible was so high that it wouldn't be advantageous for me to do that. And I get into the car with Dan and I go into the records. I said, I got to check on this. And they said, call Jupiter Water Company. <laughs> God, it's very specific. <laughs> oh, never thought of that. So I called them in the car. They said, oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we can only, we'll be there in an hour. I'm like, great. I'm headed to Miami. It was a pipe on their end that was fixed in two hours for no cost. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it could be something crazy big or something like every day. Right. Yeah. So you can tune in right in in for information related to just your everyday awareness and things going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because the brain gets in the way sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not in our heart, you know, look, look at me, I'm going through all these gyrations for something so simple. And of course, my male business partner at the time says, 
you didn't call Jupiter Water Company? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, so uh, is there a visual aspect to this of uh, what you see uh, the Akashic Records look like? Is there something? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So like I visualize the Akashic Records as the library uh, law of of Congress, where there's all like a huge building with all these books inside, like you're in a huge library, kind mm-hmm. of my visual. Yeah. When when I'm in the Akashic Records and I'm getting information, I don't know why, but this has been since day one. I always picture the masters and teachers of the Akash as little monks sitting around a round table. Oh. And they are hilarious. They will dress up sometimes. They will... Um, There'll be a cheerleader. They'll be cheering. Yay, she finally got it. <laughs> so, and when I read for others, the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my visual. Yeah. Darla, oh. we had uh, we had a guy on last year. I'm going to tell about Wes Meeks. Right, yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Rob. You, you know him better okay. than I do. So he's an out-of-body traveler, he's, uh, and he's ha- had these experiences since he was a kid. And so he had heard about the Akashic record, uh, didn't know much about it, but wanted to go there in an out-of-body experience. So he left and went soaring off. And at first he was just enjoying like soaring through the cosmos. And then he focused again to, uh, to where he wanted to go. And it's like he moved into another dimension where he came upon this huge, huge mansion. That was the way he received it, like an enormous mansion. And uh, each uh, person has a room in that mansion where there's, he said there, there is no furniture in there. The only thing in these rooms it's about the size of a hotel room, is a huge vase, a very beautiful vase. It can be, uh, he, he thought they were, some were like granite, some were like jade and different uh, materials and with intricate designs on. And th- uh, that's, uh, you know, where each person's records is stored. Uh, have you ever heard anything like that? Well, it's interesting that that comes up. Like when I take people into meditation, sometimes I will take them. Okay. So like from the room that we're in now, then, then out of the room, we're on the planet, we're out of, you know, we're, we're in Florida, then we're Mm -hmm. in the United States, you know, and keep going up that whole lane. Right. And, and when we get to the atmosphere, I, I feel, and in my meditation in my guided meditation, I take people to the angelic realm to, um, you know, to all these different realms. And one of the realms on that elevator, so to speak, is the Akash. Hmm. And we step out of our Merkaba and we go into the Akash and they have, and it is a, when I think about it, it's like the Taj Mahal. Huh. And when you go in the elevator, there's a receptionist and she greets you and uh, she's a light being. And she says, what would you like to learn today? Would you like to go into the room of yoga? Would you huh. like to go into a room of um, planetary development? Um, just all the, you can go into any classroom and learn anything through the Akash in these different rooms. Mm-hmm. So I've done that with groups of people and it's really interesting like where they went and what they learned. And so yeah. that's similar. Well. Yeah. Well, Wes ended up having sex in the hall. Okay. <laughs> in, in the mansion. <laughs> yeah, he, he met a guide, uh, an older woman, and who, uh, attractive woman, older woman, older than him. And she said that, well, she is, at her, her, she looks that way because she wants to present herself as a wise being, but she said she's actually younger. She's actually his age. And then, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, changed her image, and uh, so I don't, I don't know why you brought that up, Trish. But it well, it's just, it's just strange. weird, you know. It's, but yeah, but it's it's like a, a floating experience they had, and there was other people also doing the same thing. Huh. <laughs> so. Okay, so I think the advantage that that I have, like in doing that meditation, I am in my own akashic records before I start that meditation, because that brings up a good point. 
Now I have lot, don't get me wrong. I have lots of friends that are psychics and mediums and, and do many, many different, you know, modalities of this spiritual world that we're involved in. But one thing that I've always, always appreciated about the Akashic records is that I have this solid record. I, I have the solid prayer that I'm, I'm reciting. And I've always asked them from day one, my my knowledge base that I'm actually in the records is that my whole world gets very bright. Hmm. When we open the Akashic records with a prayer, we always keep our eyes open. And so we're aware we're not really out of our body. There's part of us that might be out of our body, but it's really about staying present, especially when you're reading for someone else Hmm. and that you're just gathering information. Sometimes we do see visuals, But getting back to this part about what was just mentioned is I know without a doubt that I am in the Akashic records. When when you are psychic and you're gathering information, I'm not positive where that information is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I feel safe. I guess that's the word. Uh I feel really safe that I'm getting pure information from the Akashic realm. And I know, I feel like I know where it's coming from. Mm. If I'm in Trisha's records, yes, I always, you know, so people call me from all over the world and ask me to do an Akashic record reading. But to this day, when I open their, before I open their records, I would say, Trish, do I have permission to go with your Akashic records? Okay. That's part of the process. And that's how I teach students to do it also. The sacred it's a sacred. Yeah, thing. the sacred sacred prayer that you mentioned is that like a, a protection as well for you, or is that not, not necessary? Just I've a- never really felt that I needed protection. It, okay. it, it, it just it's my direct line into mm-hmm. the records. Okay. And and to this day, even today, like okay, so preparing for something like this, I go in my records. Is there anything, mm-hmm. masters and teachers, that are important for me to present today? Please let me be in the energy of what you want to have come forward today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Are people many people interested in their past learning about their past lives through Yeah, the they are. Um, you know, it's almost like a, that was what has been prominent of what people associate with Akashic records, right? right? Yeah. But it's so much more than that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and past lives really, okay, so when I uh, read for someone, I ask them to bring five questions to the table for the mm-hmm. Akash, and they ask them one at a time once we're in their records. And a lot of times their past life isn't in there, but sometimes the records want to devour divulge one of their past lives as because it has something to do with a question they ask Uh and they want them to have that knowledge base knowledge is power you know it's like once i know something that i've lived that i have like since forgotten right because we were all brought in and fast asleep when i remember that past experience, I can so relate it. When they bring up something, it's a past life. It's because it really is associated with what's going on today. And it'll explain so much. I was once um, a counselor, a therapist for many years. And um, I had this couple that were um, very religious. And one of the things that I did at my, at the end of my counseling, after learning Akashic records, I never did a counseling session without being in the records. So I asked their permission and they said, no, (laughs) I'm like, okay. And did they know what it was? I was no. And that was part Uh of the problem. And people that um, are um, maybe really involved in religion have a fear about it. And once I explained more, but it was in the heat of the moment, they were really having a lot of problems and I'd gone there um, not really giving them a lot of background about Akashic records, but Mm -hmm. I was a blank. I was so spoiled of always using this tool that is like, I just felt like I had nothing. Right. (laughs) So finally I said, listen, I am so terribly sorry, but I'm really struggling here with giving you a good session. Do you mind if I go into my own records? (laughs) Because that is my spiritual direction. And I'm, and, and, and let me tell you, it's all about God. It's all about spirit. This is nothing. It's no woo woo. It's just, it's unusual for you and you don't know about it. So they gave me permission. 
So I went into their, I was at their home. I went into their den. I opened my own records, got centered, came back out. And when I came back out, they had this picture of them. They had gotten off the wall from upstairs and it was a picture of both of them put together when they were age six and they looked wow. like they were twins. Jeez. <laughs> and their record said it's because they were twins wow, in that a is private, a prior life. And some of the experiences they had in that lifetime was causing them to butt heads in this lifetime. Huh. Hmm. So the session went amazingly well because we had other information. Right. Yeah. So when a, a past life comes up, then it usually is not just something out of curiosity so much, but something that could be connected to your present life uh, that you can learn from. That mm. is how it's almost 100% of my experience. And I've been at this for 17 years mm -hmm. has been a, a, a past life being brought forward is for you to learn about it and how it relates to this life. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's informational. Yeah. When you, when you do this, does it, does it fill you with energy or is it, does it deplete your personal energy? It fills me with yeah, okay. energy. And, and trust me, I've done lots of things and lots of different careers that have depleted me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is no, this is, this is energizing. How long does it... And you know why? Because I was meant to do this. Yeah. This is what yeah. I was meant to do. Right. How long like... does it take you to enter uh, the Akashic Minutes. Record? Minutes. Okay. So, um, so I have a sacred prayer. Mm -hmm. I ask permission um, to go in their records. I read the prayer once out loud and then twice silently using their full name because it's based on the energy signature of your full name. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes the records will open while I'm reading the first prayer the first time or the mm -hmm. second time. And mm -hmm. by the third, it's, and I formally say, am I in their records? But I'm uh -huh. always given the signal. It's all, it can be a cloudy, rainy day and everything's brighter. All of a sudden, everything's brighter. And I know without a doubt that I'm in, but I formally ask, like if I was reading for Trish, am I in Trisha's records? And I will wait till I get a yes. Hmm. Well, hmm. so mediums uh, work with spirit guides, but this is a little different, right? Yeah. Or, or is it? I think it's a different aspect, right? Uh -huh. uh, of guides. Yeah. 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 That's what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, so. Okay. You have my permission, <laughs> but here's my question. What happens like when women get married and they take on their, their husband's last name, but so which name they, do you. Right. They use the energetic signature of a name that you've been using for quite a while. Oh, I see. Okay. And what I will do now, I got to tell you the last couple of years, they become very, very formal and they love people's middle name. Huh. Um, and if a person, say if a person got married this year, I would write down and I write it on a piece of paper and I hold it mm -hmm. in addition to saying their name, because I, I know there's a lot of energy in written word, <clears throat> as you guys know, but, really uh, well, right? <laughs> Trish has a lot of names, uh, though, <laughs> because she she's written novels under different names. So. Yeah, that's why I was asking about so, the pseudonyms, you know. Right. And so what I do is I write down all of them. Wow. All of wow. them, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I hold on to that. Now, I can't say all of them. You know, if you have 10, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> I can't do that. But holding on to them is very powerful. In fact, the first time that I ever read, and then they'll decide what to use. And then sometimes they'll have me write down what they use. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Like there's a woman that I read for on a fairly regular basis, you know, a couple times a year. And her... Email address is Grace. And I was always thinking that that was her middle name, but it's not. She doesn't have a middle name, <laughs> but they started using it. They love That's it. interesting. And they started mm -hmm. using that. And when I opened her records, I used that as her middle name. Huh. Mm -hmm. And then there was a woman in Miami and um, she had a connection to Mount Shasta. I take uh, trips to uh, retreats to Mount Shasta. She had an uh, affinity for going there. She wanted to go there. And um, here her middle name 
was Aurelia, and Aurelia Louise Jones wrote some incredible books on Mount Shasta. They were channeled uh-huh. books. And I go to Mount Shasta Publishing. She left the business when she passed away to Victoria Lee. And I go there. I take my groups to Mount Shasta Publishing when I go. Well, she kept arguing with me. I don't use my middle name. Don't use my middle name. (laughs) Now, I have no idea. I don't know her. She got a referral and called me and I'm doing the reading. I had no idea that she wanted to go to Mount Shasta, right? But Aurelia, when she said that last name, all of a sudden, all this information from Mount Shasta was coming in. And in Mount Shasta, it's very common to see ships over Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. And I've only ever seen that ship shape in Mount Shasta. And Mm -hmm. I've traveled a great bit, a good bit. Well, that day I'm doing, it was a beautiful winter day. I'm doing the reading in the backyard and here comes the ships. What's it look like? The, the the clouds that are over Mount Shasta, those big round, they have a name for uh-huh. it. That's like Ellip, uh, uh, elliptical or? Uh, no, it's like what Bruce, lenticular. 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 There you go. Yeah. That's it. Right. So I had never saw those clouds in my backyard ever. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, now, I don't know. She's an older woman. I don't know if she believes in all that. Doesn't really matter. I have to say whatever the records bring forth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I say to her, I'm seeing ships. And she said, Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that you lived that close to the water. I'm like, Oh, Oh no, no, not that kind of ship. (laughs) So now I have to explain myself, right? Explain what they're giving me. Did it make sense? I said, said, the only time I've ever seen them was in Mount Shasta. And she said, I've been wanting to go to Mount Shasta. Oh, that's interesting. So she went on my next trip. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're, you're also a dowser. Yes. So now explain, I always thought dowsers looked for water, but apparently it's it's more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a sacred evolutionary dowser. I, I, I do dowsing energy. Okay. So this is what happened. I get sent to, um, I get sent to Belize, Central America to live. Uh, it was over. It was through a job, which I can't believe I'm going to take this job on. I don't want it. I fought it. I fought it. I go. I have Sharon do a reading. We can, became teachers together. And when there's an emotional hot point, I'll ask another reader to give me a uh-huh. read because I'm just too close to it. So I said, listen, these people keep bugging me and bugging me to take this job. I don't want to take it. And why would I take it? So we go into the records. And my question is, is why would I take this job? And they said for spiritual growth. Huh. And I'm like, that's yeah, cheating. You know that I'm all about spiritual growth. <laughs> what were you doing there? In police. I was running a substance abuse treatment center oh in the jungle, the country's only treatment center where there's no support, there's mm-hmm. no psychiatrist, there's no, it was, I get there and within two weeks, it was just crazy town. It was worse than I even expected. Yeah. I got there, I had patients, I had no staff, the woman before me ran away, all the staff. <laughs> you know, and where do I get them? Nobody's trained in that country. I have to get them from out of the country. It, it was, it was really crazy. So I called Sharon on Skype and said, you got to give me another reading. What am I really doing here? This is crazy. And they said, you're there to clear the land. I'm like, what does that even mean? What? And they're like, the land is very dark and you're going to learn how to clean it. And I did had no, I mean, I had no idea what they were talking about. And, um, So there, some of my um, staff members were Belizean, the the techs, the support system um, for the treatment center um, was from that country. And these young techs would come to me like a week later and say, listen, I can't come next Thursday. My uncle's going to be, has an exorcism. Okay. (laughs) The first time I let it go, you know. And then two weeks later, I get somebody else and I'm like, are these guys playing me? But I didn't think so. They're really young, sweet, innocent. And I'm like, okay, tell me about this exorcism. And they're like, you know, like in the movies, the Catholic priest (laughs) does it. And I'm like, what? 
Well, it turns out that there was a Catholic priest from Tampa, Florida. Out, he had been there for three years, and that was his mainstay of doing out-and-out mm. exorcisms. Huh. So I went to him and said, I don't know. I, I've been told that something's going on with the land, and I don't know what that means or how to um, absolve it. And he said, well, I can be there in two months. And I'm like, two months? No, no, no. We need your help now. Well, what it was is he was um, doing the research on what that land had gone through, who had owned it, what had happened on it before he came and did a full-blown exorcism on the land. Uh, on the uh, land. Uh, so that was, that that was, was the beginning of figuring out and how to clear the land. Well, I had one of my counselors at the time was um, that I had gotten was a woman from Cuba that was also a shaman. A Santeria. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so she helped and the doctor is Buddhist and he, we were chanting every night, trying to heal the land. You know, we're, we're, I'm going into the Akashic records saying, you, you need to teach me more about this. You know, come on, we need to clear this up. And um, the exorcism worked and we still had to continue to do some work. He gave Maria and I 150 metals to plant all around the ranch where this huh. energy, so the energy could not come back in. I do something similar now, but I do it if I have a dark energy like that, but I'll do it with sacred sand that's made of crystal um, okay. containing either the really high energy in or protecting it from any energies coming back in. Um, so he taught me a lot and I stayed in contact with him and, and things got better. And I got great staff and new clients and we did a whole new program and I'm still, the, the treatment center closed down, but I'm still in contact with a lot of former patients that really got mm. a healing there. So that was, so it was just the ranch that needed the healing. The yeah. Well, so, okay. So what, to explain the treatment center is the treatment center was on 26 acres inside an 80 acre water Buffalo farm. It was a wow. true working ranch. Uh-huh. So when I say ranch, huh. that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of acres. To it was a lot of acres. <laughs> a lot of, we had like 200 head of water Buffalo. Hmm. Um, we were right on the new river. It was quite the experience. And when Ooh. I got home, then I formally at the first co-creators convergence. So that must've been 2013. There was a dowser there, an energetic huh. dowser. And she took one look at me and said, we're going to work together. And I said, Okay. So I taught her Akashic Records. She taught me dowsing. Oh, wow. That's cool. So I started doing the dowsing in 2013, mainly for homes and businesses to shift the energy of what's going on, which also shifts the energy for the people that live in the in the building or uh -huh. work in the building and, and, and pets. I do the pets also. That was my, I had a question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt okay. yeah, you. just reminded good. me. Okay. Do pets, do animals have Akashic Records? They do. And oh, some so people, cool. Yeah. And some people specialize in that work. I really haven't done any of that. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's funny. It's like a lot of us have our little niches, right? So my people tend to come to me a lot of times for business purposes. Mm -hmm. Sharon um, was a, a nurse prior to her becoming a teacher. And so people go to her a lot for medical. And if somebody calls me for a really heavy, heavy issue uh -huh. medically, I will send them to Sharon because that's been her forte. Uh -huh. She, you know, I was taught the medical extra, you know, scanning the body. So if it's just something light, I'll, I'll do it. But if it's a, if it's a heavy diagnosis and the mm -hmm. person's really suffering, I'll send them to Sharon. Well, what kind of information do these people who do pets, what do they pick up? I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. That's so don't, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, that is, you know, something I should delve into more. Like right now I have a friend in my meditation group that has got a sick dog. So yeah, that'd be interesting. That, I should do that. Thank you for that, Trish. <laughs> and, but how, how hard is that for you to learn? I mean, is it because well, it's a different. It's I, it, I don't think it's got, it got a learning curve, really. It's just, okay, so the, the other thing about Akashic Records, it, sometimes it feels like cheating. I don't really have to do much, you know? Yeah. I go into the records before I'm about to do a reading and just make sure that I'm a clear vessel 
that I stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. I might add, add, ask Edgar Casey to come in and be with me during the reading because he's like the father of our time, right. the Akashic mm-hmm. Records. Uh-huh. I will ask if there's anybody important from the other side of the veil that should be present during this reading for this person, for them to come in. Uh-huh. Um, and then I go into the reading. So I don't, my main job is to stay out of the way, to right. stay a clear vessel, to get their information and to say everything that I get. Hmm. Because in the past, when you're new, you're like, oh, I don't want to say that. Or that feels <laughs> weird, right? And then the subject matter always comes up. It always yeah. comes up to bite you in the neck. It's like, why didn't I say that? <laughs> so do you get warnings sometimes for people to give to people? Hmm. That they might um, not uh, like don't fly on this plane on such (laughs) and such a date. (laughs) Yeah, I've never really gotten that. Okay. What I tend to get, like from the questions asked, um, if it's a a yes or no subject, like they they like open ended questions. They like to delve deeper, you know. But it sometimes there is a yes or no question. Okay, so when I Hmm. became like when I was studying to become an interventionist, I was like, man, I better check in. Is this what I'm supposed to do? So I go in the records and they all dressed up in cheerleading outfits with pom-poms saying, yay, (laughs) she finally got it. (laughs) I was an interventionist for 10 years. Um, You know, I had my own business for eight very successfully. And I always use the Akashic records. Now I don't have permission to go in their records, right? But I would go into my own and say, what do I need to know about what, how to serve this uh-huh. family? And I would get incredible information that I would never otherwise get, which made me a super successful interventionist. Now, what do you mean by interventionist? Explain what I did. Um, I intervened on people for mental health and substance abuse that really needed to go to a center for deeper uh-huh. healing. And my track record was amazing hmm. because um, I'm all, I am in recovery. I'm getting ready to celebrate 33 years in a couple of weeks. And I had a passion for helping these people get the help that they needed. And I knew that it could change their lives. But having hmm. the Akashic records, I would get information that would not be accessible otherwise. Hmm. And I could really, and I always entered the intervention meeting itself with a client um, in my own records. And I would fill the house with angels and ascended masters Uh and please just let love prevail. And I always did interventions with love. I would have family members love letters. Yeah. So you're providing guidance, which is uh, Mm -hmm. in a sense, that's a warning. It's if you continue on this path, yeah, that's uh, it's, true. It's not going to be a good situation for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so some people will call me, okay, for a marriage issue. Should yeah. I remain married? You know, mm-hmm. is this, and they will give them usually, okay, X, Y, and Z, or one A, B, and, and, and C, you know, one, two, three. They don't really tend to give just one round. This is what this looks like if you continue in this marriage. This they give you, so there's, tr- yeah. Yeah. So it's like here, here are the points of departure. Right. Yeah. And and because they don't, they also believe that the guru rests inside of you, that you have everything you need in this, in especially in your DNA from all your prior lifetimes to make that decision. So they're just guiding you, they're just helping you, and they have access and they can give you information that you wouldn't otherwise have. Hmm. They might tell you something about your marriage, like those twins. That was amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. You know, and this is what you're up against. You know, you're trying to relive some of that lifetime. You made a commitment to come back and work some things out. And and once they have that information, then they can make better, different choices for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so do they ever provide when you go into someone's uh, records, do they ever provide information about their future things oh, that yeah. are coming up oh yeah yeah and um i tell you what's been coming up lately that you guys will probably love is a lot of galactic history hmm. and a lot of timeline information okay um 
what they have been, this has been coming up. I mean, like with, with, if this happens, this is going to happen, that type of timeline. Well, or or we can move timelines or change timelines. uh Okay. uh So like about two years ago, a lot of people were being held back from their ancestral line Mm -hmm. because we were going into such a high spiritual time in our lives and on this planet that some of the things that people were delving into, like Akashic Records or Dowling or any of this, or what you guys, you know, write about, that it was scary because they've gotten their heads locked for stuff like that. You know, they might have been in oh, interesting. You know, 1600s or right. Salem know? getting burned. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. right. <clears throat> and so they were like, they had this tight rope around a rope around them, and they were like a tug of war and saying, no, 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 we gotten in trouble for this before. Uh-huh. And so ascended masters were coming in and, and having like a come to Jesus meeting with these ancestors and saying, listen, you either get on board with what's happening now and be supportive, or you can jump over to another timeline and leave this person do what they need to do and what they came here to do. And this one woman told me this story about she went shopping and there was these very expensive scarves and she's never been a scarf person. And she goes in and she buys this like $300 scarf or something. And she didn't know why. Well, they represented that is because she's been set free from her, from them holding her back. And now she could wear them this beautiful scarf and show her ancestors that see I'm fine Mm -hmm. and I'm safe. And I appreciate all the um, experiences that you had. And I experience, I really appreciate your support going forward. Uh, Okay. Tell me, I mean, I hear this term a lot, ascended masters. Give me an Mm -hmm. example. I mean, Christ, that would be. Yeah. Yeah. We call him Sananda now in his afterlife. Um, it could be uh, Buddha. Yeah. Buddha, yeah. Any any spiritual being that came before us, and we are all ascended masters. And and my belief and and doing the work that I've done for so long, it's the difference is is they're all here supporting us. Like Saint Germain mm-hmm. is a big one that comes in. Um, Archangel Michael comes in a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he'll actually soothe over that timeline. And what say, you if you don't want to be cut out, I can use my sword and I can cut you off from this person. Wow. Or I can smooth out. I can use my sword to smooth it over like uh-huh. I'm seeing a cake. <laughs> Interesting. And, and just smooth things over so that we could all be on the same team and you can support this person moving forward. Um, St. Germain comes in a lot. And I think that's my affinity to, um, he's really present in Mount Shasta. And he's actually come to me a couple of times and helped me on my journeys there. Um, So that's a big one. Now, okay, so how come he hasn't reincarnated? Well, or has he? I I think he's on the planet right now. I don't think Uh he would ever miss this party. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we're getting to the good stuff now. And he's lived a lot of lives and he really loves United States in particular. He spent a lot of time in Europe. You know, he's reincarnated so much, you know, he was, um, so some of his past lives, he was uh, Shakespeare. He Mm -hmm. was Merlin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's lived. A <laughs> okay. Lot so of different. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, he was Christopher Columbus. Really? He's Jeez. lived all these different lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So do, uh, when you, uh, is it possible to tune into the Akashic record of a nation of a country? You know, it is. And, and and that's a really good point. You know, Rob, I should be doing that more. It absolutely <laughs> I'm, is. I'm thinking you know? about the Ukraine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I should, I should be, I could be doing that. Yeah. And mm. they'll let you see the, the records of a country. Yep. Yep. Mm, okay. So like, so what happened is um, in 2013, um, I was at, it was the first co-creators conversions that we had. And I, I don't know most of these people. And I, I ended up going because I wanted to meet Barbara Marks Hubbard was going to be there. And I had studied with her for many, many years and I'd never met her in person. Um, And so I was doing this um, 
90 days of silence for two or three hours every morning. And so I was getting up on the ranch at 430 in the morning. We were at Sunrise Ranch in Colorado, which is where we always held it. And um, so I'm getting up and I'm going to the mountains so that I can be away from everyone and have my silence before the day started. And I go up to the mountain one morning and hear a troop full of people, including my dowsing teacher, Shelly, is coming up the mountain. I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm in my Akashic <laughs> records. I'm like, no, no, no. I was supposed to be quiet. <laughs> and they're like, how about if you offer them a group Akashic record reading? I'm like, these people don't even know me. And they're like, Darlis. I'm like, okay. So they get there. They don't know me. I said, look, I'm in my Akashic records. They said, how about if I do a group reading? I don't even know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I just had them state their names out loud. Mm-hmm. I opened everybody's record and it was really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And when we finished and I closed, as we were walking down to breakfast, I get from the records you're to open the records for the whole group. Oh, I'm like, oh man, that's Come quite an assignment. <laughs> and what was happening is that we were on day number two, and there was a little bit of a division. People were there for creating what the new earth looked like mm-hmm. based on Barbara Marks Hubbard work of the evolution of co-creation and the wheel of co-creation. And somebody brought up, well, what about the corporations? We need to redo the corporations. And on people, there was another fraction that said, oh, we shouldn't be dealing with corporations at all. They're all evil, blah, 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 blah. And there got to be two fractions. Well, it ends up that I was supposed to do the Akashic Records, and it brought everybody back to center. Hmm. And it was beautiful to watch. But it was like, I don't know even know how to do this. I had to give... The people that arranged the, I had to ask for the registration list of all the names and hold the names to open that whole big group's uh, records. And it was the first time that I did that. And now I do a lot of groups and I love that. So with this group, what what was the source? I mean, what had, they'd obviously been together before in some other group right not not, no? not really not we it, this was really the first time we were meeting in person because barbara was doing so much at that time online okay. and that we were scattered all over the country and out of the country and that's why we had that that's why that whole thing was started so that we could actually meet and spend time in person uh-huh. together oh, so gosh. yeah most of us only knew each other from taking different classes hmm. online so yeah darlis uh you mentioned Edgar Casey, and he spoke of the. Uh, I think he records. was the first psychic, wasn't he? Who well, mentioned? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, did is this was were there people talking about the Akashic records before him? Yeah, uh, Akashic records go back to Sanskrit time. Okay, you know so. they're ancient. They're in every ancient text. You okay. know, I went to I went to India, so they're ancient text. Uh, the Gita. Yeah. Akashic Records is all through that, and it's all named right. by name, huh. but yet oh, nobody. It is. Yeah, it's but, named, huh? Yeah, and but a lot of people don't access them. It's like part of their. It, it's almost like the Bible. It's like, um, it's just kind of held in that esteem. So I, I was invited to speak in in India. At this huge conference, uh, the Women's Economic Forum, it was six thousand people from all over, Jeez. from one hundred and five countries. And I'm talking about the Akashic Records. And people were like amazed that I was, that I taught it, that I did readings for everybody. So they actually wanted me to come back and teach, but it just didn't, it didn't work out. But people really aren't teaching people how to access their own. It's like this holy text. So the ordinary guy can't do it. That was the. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And we can, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's important to do that. In that group, did you do 6,000 people? Yeah. It was such a strange thing. Okay. So, so it's a, it's the woman's international woman's economic forum. And I didn't even know why they were asking me to come, you know, I, that's not my, you know, yeah. I was an interventionist at the time. I was already teaching Akashic records also um, to kind of balance, you know, the two, two works out because intervention work is very heavy. Um but they had me speak on addiction. Uh, I spoke like three or four times. It was a six day conference 
so I spoke on addiction. I spoke on Akashic records and then they wanted me to speak about borders. I'm like about borders. Yeah. Wow. Like, I know nothing. And luckily there was a, a co-person and what she had to bring about borders was excellent. And I was like, well, Akashic records teaches me there is no borders. We are all one, you know, um, but she had some experience in California. So she could really speak in a different way about the border. But um, so what I was wondering, you, you teach classes, workshops uh, on the Akashic record. You teach people to learn to access their own and also with to uh, other people as well. Does it take a certain type of person, a type of talent? Do they have to have psychic abilities to do this? Or is it, this something that anybody can access? Anyone, anyone. Really? So I have a great okay. story about that. So I have, um, I did a, a talk show and these, this woman had called into the talk show and then I ended up doing a reading for her. And then I had an upcoming class and she wanted to do it. And she wanted her husband to do it also. But her husband's not really into all this, but she wanted him to join in. So I said, well, you know, the first requisite is he has to have an Akashic record reading. So let me do a reading and then I'll see, you know, mm-hmm. also people can't be coerced into taking this because mm-hmm. they're really handsome too. You know, that's not going to do anything. Right. So he calls me and we do a reading and the reading was so fantastic. Okay. So he is an earth mover. He drives one of those gigantic oh, wow. earth movers. He works mm-hmm. for a mine in Wyoming. And when I told him about the Akashic records being, you know, in the cave and the, Uh oh my goodness, the reading was incredible. And he ended up, he had wanted to change professions for a while. The reading, you know, he gathered some information. He, he bought another business, got out of that business and he had the really deep feeling and energy of not wanting to mess with mother earth and be like digging big holes into her uh-huh. and all of this. Um, so he, I'm going to tell you, so he joins the class because he loved the reading and now he's enthused about it. He was one of the best readers of that whole class. Uh-huh. And it was a class of, I think about 10 or 11. He was incredible. He got it. I mean, uh-huh. so it's, it's for anybody that wants to, because guess what? We all have that intuitive energy sometimes it just has to spark right Hmm. it's an equal opportunity it sure is (laughs) yeah yeah i'm wondering go ahead rob i'm sorry yeah i'm wondering if uh the akashic record could be used for archaeology if archaeologists could tune into records Mm. uh related to something that they're uh looking into dig in a dig uh yeah yeah. That's incredible. You guys have great ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should be using that. We could I think it'd be fantastic. That. Tell Indiana Jones that. Right, right. <laughs> he needs a dowser or a Kashuk record reader. Uh, I, I've been hearing from a f- group of people who are uh, archaeologists, uh, one in particular in Europe, and uh, they have an association. And uh, I was thinking that uh, one the one I've been talking to most recently, he's in Malta working on a dig and he's very wow. interested in all of this and he could probably benefit. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Much. So if he just learned how to open his own, then yeah, he could be right. using it uh-huh. on the dig. Yeah. It would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then it's so funny because talk about synchronicities. I just met with a young man that I'm doing in individual sessions with that really wants to grow in his spiritual work, right? He's young. And, um, and he was a musician and he wants to become an archaeologist. Oh, wow. And I said, uh, well, music of the earth. <laughs> I know. I said, listen, um, check into like doing some, maybe before you delve into another college fee for your parents, uh, <laughs> you already just finished one and now changed your mind. Uh, maybe you should go on a couple, volunteer for a couple of digs first and see mm-hmm. if this is a fit before you start another four year you know, right. college. Yeah. Well, okay. If you open the records of the Ukraine, is there a way to soothe what's going on there? Yeah. Well, you know, what's coming up for me also is, okay. So I worked on Wuhan as a dowser. Oh, wow. 
So, mm -hmm. so, okay. So when my dowsing teacher came to me and said, we're going to work together, what ended up happening is I taught her, she taught me, but we use both in conjunction. I never do a dowsing without opening my Akashic records uh -huh. first and neither does she. Okay. So what comes up for me is I could use both of my gifts for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so what happened is in, um, February of 2020, I have an energy worker from Mexico that I bring over to teach classes. Um, I, um, he does energy work. I don't even know how to describe Don, but he's pretty powerful. So anyhow, one of the members, her whole, she's from Wuhan. That's her, that's her hometown. She's lived here for many years, but her whole entire family was still living in Wuhan. So as a dowser, and she was talking to them every day, keeping abreast of what was going on. So as a dowser, I started gathering from her the history of Wuhan. Well, the history of Wuhan, and that's I, I do that for any dowsing, because I know that I want to find out the energy of what happened on that right. land so I can better serve it. So major, major wars. It seems like from the north and the south to the east and the west, that was always the main place for the, the whole country's war. Huh. That's where the war games were taking place. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it had taken place for a long, long time. Huh. So she gave me a lot of information. And part of Dawn's class, we all went in there. There was some pretty powerful people in there that do a lot of different things. And we really went into Wuhan trying to calm the energy, to cleanse the energy, anything that we were guided that we could help with. Mm -hmm. So the same thing could be done to Ukraine and Russia right now. Let's calm everything down. Uh -huh. Let's. Yeah. We don't want anybody to suffer through this. Well, I mean, what if if there's a nuclear war? you know, with, with Putin threatening nukes and all this stuff. Okay. What can, can, can the guides in the Akashic record do anything about that? Yeah, can they intervene, um, you know? Well, what I've learned is that that's already been shut down. There's no way that that will ever happen. That's, oh, okay, that's good. the information that's come forth is yeah. we are really done with war. Um, and there's never going to be a nuclear Holocaust that, we're done with that. And there's no and winner. That, that really, yeah, there's no winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, that comes really from, from more of the higher beings, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many higher beings here now. Um, and they've put things in place so that that can never happen again, because we would destroy not only the earth, we would destroy this whole part of the universe. Yeah. So that's the information that's that I've been, you know, given over the years. Darlis, um, you need to write a book. I know I do. Uh, I'm seriously. I'm so excited to meet you guys. Because <laughs> they give me some guidance. Yeah. 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 I mean, you really do, because the the only stuff really that exists about the Akashic record is, is Casey's stuff. You oh, know? no, I mean, not really. No. Um, is there more? I mean, yeah. oh, yes. Okay. This is where that screen starts. Okay. Yeah. I did see this book. Okay. That's so, true. okay. So, when I first started out, really, the only one was written by somebody that was running ARC on, on about mm -hmm. Edgar Casey. Yeah. That right. was the yeah. book we right. had when we started. But Edgar Laszlo, mm -hmm. um, I like his prolific. book. Yeah. He, he's good. And yeah. what's been so nice for me is that he writes um, some of his books are more scientific. Mm -hmm. right. So when yeah. I have men coming to class, uh -huh. um, there's they bring a different energy. They bring more of a scientific mind mm -hmm. to everything, which is wonderful because we need both sides of the brain. Right. Okay. So I would send them to books like that. Well, uh -huh. we let Edgar Laszlo's stuff because he can explain it in a different way. And it's really helped. Yeah. And, and um, you know, he was really good friends with Edgar Mitchell, who happened yeah, to I knew that yeah. area. Yep. So my daughter actually, she for a time she was doing estate sales, and she got the estate sale of Edgar, uh, of not Edgar Casey, of Edgar Mitchell. Interesting. And so I got to go there a couple of times, and friends were visiting that were part of the co-creation conversions, and huh. we all went over there. He had he was really good friends and had every book on the Akashic Records. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and before we get away from that, uh, Darlis, can you can you hold the book back up? Just, just oh, yeah. say yeah. And, and 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 say what the title is for the audio listeners mm -hmm. and who wrote it. Well, 
Yeah. It's, see, see, this is where my green screen doesn't work so well. Okay. So, so here's Invis- two great books. books. Yeah. Here's two great books. The Akashic Experience. Mm-hmm. And that's by Edgar Irwin. I'm sorry. Irwin Laszlo. Er, er, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Dawn of the Akashic Age. Hmm. which I adore. And that's also by um, Erwin Laszlo and Kingsley Dennis. And what it talks about is that we are coming in. We are at the dawn. The Aquarius age is the dawn of Akash where everybody can be using this mm-hmm. to its fullest potential. So it's really wonderful. We're living in that age now, you know, quantum residence, all of mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's more everyday languaging now than we've ever experienced. That's true. Right. Yeah. That was the last question I had for you. We're coming to the end of our hour is. <laughs> no, I want to talk you... to her more. I could talk for another three hours. Yeah. This is great stuff. I, I, but uh, <laughs> if I was want, wanting to, if you could expand on that, the sense of the shift that's going on. I mean, uh, on the everyday basis, everyday world, it seems like there's a lot of chaos and discontent and uh, two, two sides of everything. But is there something more going on, something deeper that's uh, resonating with people? Yeah, um, I think this is the greatest time we've we're lucky to be alive at this time. Uh-huh. Um And that's what I love about the Akash. I mean, people have called me these last two years frightened or worried about family members. And the Akash has really said, hey, hey, hey. So the the message is right now from the Akashic Records, it seems to be a thread through almost every reading I do. And I do, you know, two or three or four or five a week. It's it's always different. Um, Is relax. (laughs) Stop it. Put those shoulders down. Mm-hmm. I have people calling me and I do the same thing. What is my next? You know, I've been doing this for a while. I got a couple years ago. You're going to be on a new path. Well, what is that? You know, and they won't give that. They, they're it's like, the book. I'm you, telling you. Yeah. And that's what my, yeah, that's what my astrologist says too, because <laughs> I was supposed to go. Yeah. I was going to go to Mexico for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And because my astrologist said it would be better for me to go west. And there was a light workers conference down there. And my friend Don lives in that town, Puerto Viagra. And I was supposed to go there for my birthday. And it wasn't a time to travel at the end, at, at the beginning of February. So mm-hmm. I didn't go. And she said, well, since you didn't go, it's your year to go inward and write that book you've been talking about for so long. <laughs> so you're right in tune with that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do it. Yeah. Yep. And there's certainly a uh, space for it. That's for sure. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fascinating. I feel yeah. like I've visited something. So, so how can people get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah. Um, the best way is my phone. I take text still. I'll give you my phone number is 561-339-2614. And your website? And my, and my website is heavensrecords.info. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. This is. Thank you very much. I've got to. I've got to send this to Paula. She's the one who recommended you because she'd had a reading with you. She's going to love this. (laughs) Great, great. And I thank you guys. It's great to connect with you guys, and I will be contacting you when I start to write. Okay. 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 All right. Can't wait. Connect. Thank you so much. And we'll send you the link when it goes up. Okay. Okay. Thank Thank you, you. Darlis. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.